Have you ever wondered why noticing goodness makes the world a better place for someone else? We've been curious, and we wondered what would happen if we asked people to share their stories. So, welcome to the Noticing With Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Hello everyone, I'm Amy Johnson. I am, among many things, the founder of the Notice Network, and I am so excited to get to be a part of this Noticing With conversation. Inside the framework of a few simple questions, we want to get the real uncut perspective of people in our community. We want to know how people are noticing goodness and how that's changing their perspective in their life. Thank you for tuning in. We hope that you'll find this positive podcast will inspire you to notice goodness too. On this episode of Noticing With, I get to talk with Alicia Larson. Alicia is a life member of LPGA Teaching and Club Professional, a distinguished coach, an author, a certified self-talk trainer, an entrepreneur, a wife, a daughter, and my friend. I first came to know Alicia in January of 2015 during Dr. Shad Helmstetter's self-talk trainer certification training in Pensacola, Florida. We left that training opportunity full of positive energy and ready to be positive influences in the world. One of my favorite things about Alicia is how much fun I have collaborating with her. She is an idea person who loves to discern and then bring the best of her good ideas to life. Alicia lives a life of gratitude. She seems to find purpose and meaning in everything she does. Even in the dark and trying times, she is so intentional about noticing good. One of my favorite ahas from our conversation was when Alicia shared about the right hand to left shoulder moments. You might think that's a golf thing, but it's way more than that. There are so many positive takeaways in this podcast, and I think you're going to love it. So without further ado, let's do some noticing with Alicia Larson. Hello, Alicia Larson. Hello, Amy. How are you? So good. It's so good to talk to you today, and I've been looking forward to this moment. Ah, me too. I always look forward to talking to you. Um, What I can't wait for, though, is everybody else to hear what you have to say. Because every time I talk to you, I leave just with a big smile on my face. And even at times over the years where we've talked about hard stuff, I leave uh, with better perspective. And so um, I cannot wait to introduce our audience to you. Everyone, this is Alicia Larson, and um, she is one of my favorite people in the world. So Leisha, I want to tell everybody a little bit about how I know you, and then I'll let you fill in the blanks. Um, So we met in 2015 at self-talk training with Dr. Shad Helmstetter. And those of you who don't know about Dr. Shad Helmstetter, you should. He's a really smart dude who got to thinking um, um, many decades ago that the human brain was uh, malleable and plastic. And um, we got a chance to work with him after he had written his follow-up book called The Power of Neuroplasticity and um, got to undergo a training with him. And that's how I met Alicia was in that training classroom in Pensacola, Florida, which is going to end up being an important part of this conversation today. So um, when we first met, um, can you fill in the blanks a little bit about um, how you were going to use that training or what was going on for you and and um, what you tell us a little bit about you from that point on? Yes. So I had, I was kind of in a really low spot in my life and I, I was in network marketing 
and I was told that, you know, I was following this gentleman and he said, we want you to read a book a week. And so the book of that week was what to say when you talk to yourself. And so by, I was reading. By Chad. Chad. Yes. Like, oh my goodness. And I, 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 I distinctly remember I was laying on my bed and I, I called my husband. My husband came in and he said, you know, how's the book? And I said, I started to cry. And I said, well, you know, I've heard this before, but when, when you're in a really hard spot and, and it's, you're, you're in tough times and, you know, that you don't even pay the mortgage and things like that. And you just don't know how the ending is going to be that story, that chapter, you just don't know. And I said, you know, this, I tried to read this paragraph to him and it was the paragraph of, you know, there, you, you take your first breath alone and you take your last breath alone. And that dash in between is like, you know, that's what really is going to define who you are. And I was like that, you know, I, I kind of like just took me aback and I couldn't even read that specific paragraph to my husband. Cause it was just so, I was just so emotional. But so I, I, when I started following Shad, because I love that book so much, then I got, he had a, an, an email you could get on and every morning he would send you this positive little banner in your email. Oh my goodness. I'd wake up every morning and go to my email and check it and look and see what kind of positivity, you know, and he could, you know, put in my brain for that day. And it just made me feel so good. And I was like, every morning I'd get up and it was in a nice little banner and the statement was on there. And I would just like, and I started actually back then I was like putting it in my printer and then I would print it out and I'd cut it out and I'd paste it in a little book so I could read it every morning. And I said, and then I had a, a little book that I started with all this positive stuff in my head and got my, got my mother on the email list. And so I started following Shad and, and it was just one of those things where I, then I'm, I got an email and said, if you want to come and get certified as a self-talk trainer and speaker. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I want to do that, but I have no money. And I was like, I have no money and I could, there's no way I could come up with that money. I'm like, but I got to I got to go. So I went to my mother and asked her and she loaned me the money. And I went to Pensacola and the rest is like literally history. That's <laughs> literally history. I wanted that positive self-talk to get me out of this deep, dark place. And I was like, it, it's so, it so worked. And it was all Shad Helmstetter, just, you know, what he had in place in the moment. And it just, it, it, it got me out of there. And then I met people like yourself and, and the, you know, it, I, you can't look back then. That was just the greatest thing that ever happened to me, honestly. Absolutely. I love it so much. And I, I think um, what happens when great people get together in rooms like that um, to broaden their knowledge and connect with each other is that it's just exponential growth after that. And so you went on to do some pretty cool stuff um, after that. I know um, I don't our listeners may not know yet. Um, of your golf background or your background as an author. So I need you to fill in those gaps too, before we launch into our other questions so that people know a little bit about where you're coming from. Okay. Well, I I've been a golf professional an LPGA golf professional for 31 years. So I'm now officially a lifetime member of that organization, which makes me quite well, that ages me a tad, but anyway. Um, so yes, I've been in golf in golf a long, long time. And a lot, for a long time of that 31 years, I've always kind of thought that I, I don't know if it was me or if it was just the situational things that came up or whatever it was, it doesn't matter that golf, golf people, when golfers came to me for a lesson, they, you know, a lot of times they would just start talking to me about life. And they, you know, I was like, you know, I'm tying those two together, you know, like, 
year after year and saying golf and life are so interconnected, even though I, I knew that, but then you kind of live it. But so I've been a golf pro and I've, you know, I, when I got to the point where the self-talk with Shad and all that stuff, it, it was all just tied in perfectly. It just, it was just perfect. And then, you know, the, the book thing came about because when I went down to the training, I, you know, I've, I've always wanted to, to do that. And then Shad says, you need to write a book. And so he helped me with that and kind of got me started. And I always said I was going to write a book. And then the one gentleman years ago said, well, you better make it, you know, have a niche in, in the book. It better be something different because there's a lot of golf books out there. And, and so, you know, it was, this one was more about the self-talk and how it affected my life. Um, so there's, I didn't really want the book to be originally about me, but Shad said, no, it has to be about you. The first one, you'll be a multi book author, you know, and I haven't started my next one, but I've actually started dripping on that in my head. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's interesting because I, I didn't feel like I wanted it to be about me at all. I wanted to have the, you know, people know the importance of it, but the importance of how it affected me is, is really a great story because it's so authentic and real that I wanted to be able to tell people in different, because there's all my chapters are just one word chapter titles, you know, so they're all have to do with life and golf. So I wanted to see at the end of every chapter, what'd you learn about golf and what'd you learn about life in this chapter? So it's, it was a great experience and I'm so grateful that Chad helped me. And I'm so grateful that I have positive self-talk in my life, but in golf, it's really helped me to move on and develop my own golf company. And I did that and it was uh, it's, it was a great thing. And it's all, I've never, ever not had positive self-talk training in that or helping people along the, the way with that. And it's just been a great, it's been a true, true blessing. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love um, the conversation around your book. Um, I loved reading your book. Um, it's called The Missing Link. And um, I, I just absolutely love it. I think it's so funny because um, for people who know me, um, they might know that I am a really fun person to take golfing if I'm not in my head about it. Um, cause I'm a good time wherever I go, but I, if I get in my own head and I'm really mad at myself, I'm not very much fun. And I can remember one day, probably two or three years ago, my husband and I were out golfing one day. It was a beautiful day. And I remember I took a selfie of us and I sent it to you and said, thinking of you out on the course today. And then I remember that you asked me how, how it was going, or I don't know if you said, how are you golfing, but you said like, how's your day? And I started kind of railing on myself about my golf game. And your response was, has changed the way I golf. You said oh. it was perfect. You said, how often are you golfing? And I hadn't golfed since the fall before this is like in the spring, like I'd taken months off, hadn't golfed. And then you said, well, why would you be golfing? Well, like, enjoy your day. Like, I don't understand. And I was like, oh, self-talk. What? Like, yeah, I had been beating myself up in my head about not, you know, golfing well. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so really, I can't even tell you how many times that's helped me in golf and in other things since, you know, I mean, I think we are all people of excellence have a tendency to I shouldn't say we all are, but if you're a person of excellence, you have a tendency to be hard on yourself at times. And there's a lot of times where that negative self-talk um, shows up in those recreational activities. It's like so disproportionate. It's like, I would not talk to another living soul like that. Well, yes. And you know, the interesting yeah. thing is that I've made people not intentionally cry, but it's on the surface. The pain is right underneath the surface. And when I say, look, 
let's be real and let me ask you a question it's kind of a hard question but let's think about it i said would you would you allow me you know if if i talk to you the way you talk to you would you allow me to be your friend and they just stop and they're like and they think they might for five ten seconds and then they they kind of do this replay in their head and they're they start kind of tearing up and they're like well no but they you know the awareness the more I teach, it's just the awareness, you know, golfers need to be aware of what they do to themselves. And on the back of my business card, I have, you know, don't be just kind to others, be kind to yourself. I have it on the back of my business. And I'm like, it, you have, you can't forward really with, um, you know, with, with much in life, if you beat yourself up every day, or for, if you want to, if you want to advance and get better in golf and say, all right, I'm committed to this this is my commitment. I'm going to get better at golf, you know, and, and you make that commitment. You're going to have setback after setback. If and, and it's like Shad said, when you go in network marketing, when you go to those conferences, you're all fired up and you're so excited. And, you know, you, have, you feel the, the energy from the, the speaker. But then when you go home and you hear, you know, nine out of 10 no's, you start talking to yourself and you start saying, you know, am I good at this or am I, am I, you know, am I, am I, I'm just a failure or whatever it is you're talking and saying to yourself and people are so quick to judge and so slow to praise. Mm-hmm. And I tell that to my students all this, all the time. I said, you have to have the right hand to left shoulder moment going on more because you just can't be so hard on yourself or you're not going to make any progress. And that's the truth mm-hmm. and the reality of it. If oh, wait, I-, I just caught what you said, the right hand to left shoulder, like patting yourself on the back. <gasps> yeah. What? I was thinking about my golf swing. I was like, no. right hand, left shoulder. What? I get you. Yes. That's a good, that's like a tweetable right there. Like just a little nugget. Good job. Yeah. Good one. And then, and people are so quick to judge themselves, but they don't, you know, that maybe they judge others. May, you know, I mean, maybe they judge others quickly as well, but boy, they're, they're first in line. So yeah. I always, my kids and I think we had this conversation before about how I talked to my younger kids at in Ohio when I lived there about you know do you want to be the cheerleader in your head or do you want that bully to be you know just like the, the one that's the the front and center and they don't like bullies walking in the hallway if they saw somebody getting bullied in the hallway by somebody they would you know they'd probably step up for that person and you know just say hey knock it off but when it comes to themselves and I'm telling you it doesn't matter what age you are this is this is this is rampant, bad self-talk and being hard on yourself. I see it every day and, and it saddens me. Yeah. I, 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 it saddens me and their awareness of, I do the sticky note exercise and their awareness is just unbelievable. When you can tell, because I literally will do it, say it in a, a one hour clinic. And then one lady will come back the next week and say, hey, I was nicer to myself this week. It felt good. I'm like, good. Then I've made some sort of stride with that person. I've made them aware of yeah. some sort of talk and I do it everywhere. It doesn't golf. It was just a vehicle for me yeah. to, to make the world, a world a better place, but they, you, you, you have to make the, the bed, the world's a better place because, because we love ourselves first and not selfishly and egotistically and, you know, self-centeredness. We just have to just be okay with who we are and try to get better every day. Just that, you know, it's pure love. And I think it's interesting when people um, start to um, disclaim or need to put an asterisk by self-love. Like we're not talking about bragging or being egotistic. Well, actually love is not either of those things, right? Love does not brag. It is not proud. It is not rude. So like, when you think about 
what love is. It's strange that we even have to like try to explain ourselves away when we say we're going to love ourselves because really it's that pure um, goodness. And, yes. and I think um, one thing that I'm, I, I always, when I'm doing these um, podcast chats, I always try to imagine somebody listening who doesn't know you, even though I, and, and so I think, oh gosh, did you say that you have coached people in golf? I know that you are, um, you, you said a little bit about your history in golf. Did you get a chance to tell us that? And is there anything you want everybody to know to kind of round out who are you working with and how are you, how are you getting to help people with that combination of self-talk and golf? So when I lived in Ohio uh, and I just moved to Florida from, from there just last June, but when I lived there, I started this academy and that was predominantly what it was. And I, I wanted to be a positive influence on young people that are, you know, that still have that chance. And we all have a chance. It doesn't, I don't mean that, you know, older people don't have a chance because my transition into, you know, being kind to myself and not beating myself up to a pulp every day was, you know, much later in my life. So, uh, you know, I just, I just wanted to start with the young kids and say, you know, look, this is, you're so fresh and so new, but I, I had more parents say that the life coaching that I did through positive self-talk with them was more important to them than the golf coaching I did. Yeah. So I, I focused, I, I'm, I, I don't know, but I could be a bit of a different golf instructor from the standpoint of it, it just go, I, I will not do one without the other. I, I just simply will. It just can't just don't believe in my values. I don't believe that one can just kind of stand alone on it and then say, okay, you can be a better golfer because, you know, Shad used to, we used to have conversations, Shad and I about, you have two golfers and they're, they're exactly the same golfer or two, whatever, two, anything, what they do. If one has good self-talk and one beats themselves up, I know who I'm voting for. I know how my money's going to be bet on. It's yeah. not the guy, you know, that's the, that's in that presentation we talked about with the homeless or the, the guy on the streets that doesn't, you know, have as much as the guy who is successful in, you know, the stockbroker in New York city or whatever, when you have that contrast, it's, it's just, it is about, you know, some of the things that life happened to them, but also, you know, what they believed. And, and so I coached a lot of kids and a lot, I do a lot of adults, you know, I coach a, a lot of different level golfers here. Um, I'm doing more administrative stuff now, but they, you know, people have been wanting my book here and I love your book. And so it's like, yeah. you know, I want to keep dripping on that because that really is, that really is, I feel what I was meant to do. Like, yeah, to I, can't, I can't even imagine you going into any scenario and that not being part of what's infused there. And so I, I, I really, you know, um, and you, you make a good point in kind of that comparing and contrasting um, what we can see on the outside when we look at people's roles or we look at people's success, or if you were to look at my golf game, if you were to look at my golf game, you would not pick me even to be on a round robin with you. However, if you were to notice me, if you were really to listen and look and, and, and pay attention to why I would be an asset, I'm actually a great asset to a team because I make everybody else notice the goodness in themselves. It, it raises all of it. So mm -hmm. I think um, I say that because I know what I bring to the golf course and it's not my score. There's just not right? right. And so I think there's, I think it's really hard when we start comparing ourselves to others or we start looking at, okay, there's these two people, who would you pick? Noticing becomes really important to me in that because you really have to start paying attention to 
the, the whole thing, the inside and the outside and really kind of slow it down. And so um, as we, I wanna segue into the questions cause I want everybody to get to hear your take on these questions we have. Um, you mentioned gratitude golf, the questions framed, what are you thankful for in your life right now? But I just know how huge gratitude is for you in your daily. So I might tweak the question just a little bit to say, what are you grateful for? Cause I know that word really resonates with you. Yeah. I'm, the, I wake up, I wake up. I mean, in, in the moment right now, I, um, I, I, I'm grateful for so, so many things relative to, you know, my, my parents and how they raised me and just the, the things that have happened in my life and who I, who I became and who I'm going to become, you know, quite frankly, cause I, I like to change and get better every day. Um, so, but right at the, in the moment, I'm, I'm very thankful for, for being here. Cause I, I just feel like, you know, this job that I took, it wasn't what I signed up for, but I know I'm, there's a reason why I'm here and I'm discovering that. And, and I told my friend and I told her, she's one of the people that, you know, agreed to hire me. And I said, I don't know what I'm here for yet, but, but I'm, I'll, I'll discover it. And I'm just grateful for that. I'm grateful that my husband has a, you know, has a place that he loves and the, the little home that we have. And I know my angel mother had something to do with that and all the things that happened for us to get here to this point. And I look back and go, Ooh, two years ago, can you believe where we were? And it's just so crazy to think about how the word that keeps coming up for me is content. Mm. I'm just, I've never been so content. And I, because I'm, I guess for me, this place is very, very close. Is I mean, I, I can go down to that Gulf of Mexico and put my feet in that white sand. And I'm telling you, there's a song that says, this is as close to God as I can get. Yeah. And I love that feeling because I can see, it's like the, the moments, like I can tell my husband, we, you know, we used to have these great days when we lived up North that were so like, what a beautiful day. I'm so grateful it was today. And then it would be like sporadic, you know, it'd be like, but that seems to be like the common down. It's like, I wanted more of that, you know, that that great day and that gratefulness to be alive and the gratefulness of what I have. And I, I got less materialistic things when you move, I've moved twice in three years and I have less material things, but I have so much more. And I just feel that contentment. I have a little cute little house that I, it's just a little fortress. And I, there's so, I mean, I, whatever I got there is what I got in life. And it's just so great. I just feel, I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for life that I'm healthy. Yeah. You don't have your, nothing but you know I'm just I'm healthy and I'm just so content right now so I'm so I'm grateful that God is kind of you know I I let God tell me what I'm going to do and where I'm supposed to go and I'm grateful that he's chosen such a great path for me so beautiful um we've talked so much about self-talk that and and because I know you I know that it might feel like you you've already answered this question but my next question is what do you do to create a positive mindset for yourself and um, so I, I would just love for you to answer that um, specifically, just like, how does that work for you? you? You alluded to the fact that you've had some dark times. Mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you choose to create a positive mindset if things aren't lining up on a, on a beautiful day, on, a, mm -hmm. on an easy day? Well, the first thing, there's a few things. Uh, you know, when it was dark and my mother 
always taught me, if you want to feel good about yourself, do something for somebody else, do something for others. And I've told that to so many people. And then, you know, she's, she's so right. And that's how I got out of that dark place. And so I never forgotten that. And she always said this too shall pass. And I have a ring I bought after she died. And there was a woman at her funeral that said, you know what, your mother used to tell me it all the time when things were bad, she'd say this too shall pass and it's going to be okay. So I bought this ring and I, and I keep thinking about that every single day, this too shall pass. And there's a song that I hear and I say, breathe in, breathe out, move on. And just, I have an I am statement on app on my phone. I get dripped on every single day, about 20 times a day. I set it and it, it just, I could be in the middle of chaos and I'm going to get an I am statement that's positive and just what I need to hear. And so I do those kinds of things. And I, and I, I tell people literally, I cannot, I literally have reprogrammed my brain and I cannot beat myself up anymore. I can't say anything bad to myself anymore. And so that's refreshing yeah. that I get frustrated, you know, with things that happen, but it doesn't mean that I personalize it and, yeah. and then think less of myself. And that's that quick to judge, slow to praise kind of thing. Yeah. You know, that I don't, I don't hear that. I don't see that anymore. I don't, I don't hear that in my head anymore. And that's enlightening. Yeah. I really good about that, that I can, I can, uh, but I, I had to work at it. So it's not an overnight sensation kind of thing. You cannot and will not, you have to, it's like when Shad said, you have to prune this stuff. This stuff doesn't go away. It, you have to prune it from your brain. You can't, it just doesn't go away. Yeah. It will. And so that, that whole point of it takes intentionality and then you have to give it your attention yeah. is very, very true. And you, and you got to use, you know, tools like that, you know, like saying that to yourself or having a book that has all these things in there or being aware of what you do, how, how, how you say, and what you say to yourself, how it's going to affect you, but you, that's through knowledge and learning more about it. So absolutely, I think there's so much to be said for, um, the, the, the trust, the, um, the hope um, that yeah. comes from like choosing to invest in yourself in that way, because you can't always know for sure the value of it right away when you start it, especially if you're in a dark place and you're, and you're trying to turn the cycle around the other way. Um, right. That proactive um, effort doesn't always look like value until, yeah. until it is, until you can feel yourself soaring. And then you're like, oh, okay, that was worth it. You know, but so if there's anybody out there who has just like thought, you know, I, I, I should put those, that app on my phone, or I should, I should write down what I'm grateful for what I've noticed, or, you know, I should do those little things, but I don't really have time or energy right now. It's like, oh, I just want to like say, please try it so much. It, um, it makes such a huge difference. Yes. Please try. And don't, don't ever say, you know, it, you know, can't, you take time for others Yeah, and that must, must take time for yourself. And you have to, it's, talking for yourself you time block for work and other people and appointments and everything else and it's not time block for yourself like yeah. I take something for you yeah balance sure. for sure okay so how do you take time to notice the goodness in yourself and others um and that 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 may seem like gratitude to you just because I know how you infuse that but specifically taking time to to value 
yourself or others in, in that, you know, I see you and I hear you and you matter. Well, when I think I, I can't, I'm, I would be remiss if I didn't think about the word awareness because awareness is just so high on the radar relative to, you know, when I have to be listening well and, and paying attention and my awareness has to be high. If one of my employees does something well, I'm going to make sure that they hear about it, you know, that they're good job and thank you so much. And, you know, I, I even, you know, I even taught my dogs to, they know what the word thank you means. And, you know, once somebody said, of, of course, Alicia, her <laughs> dog, thank you is, that's like, but, you know, I, when they do something well, I'm like, thank you so much. You know, I make sure that they know, thank you. And so, uh, yeah, it's just, my awareness is really high. I listen, I listen to what people say. And if somebody says something in the beginning of a lesson, and I'll hear it on the back. I'll, I'll loop around in the back end of the lesson. I'll say, "You remember what you said in the beginning?" So I, 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 I note it and I pay attention to that. And so listening skills are really high. Um, awareness is really high, and just affirming yeah. and showing people that you're you're grateful. Or if somebody does something you know nice for me, like yesterday, my my boss and my friend, I, I made a big mistake, and she was grateful. You know, she was gracious enough to say it's okay. You know, and I was like, oh boy, I owe you something. <laughs> yeah. But I it, just it, it's I love I love that um like way of saying it, awareness. Um, I when I am explaining noticing in a in a speaking setting or in a more technical setting, I'll say the reticular activating system is just how our brain is built. And so we get more of what we are paying attention to and what we're aware of. And so I always use the example, like, have you ever like been looking for a new car and decided what you're going to get? And then you start seeing them all over the road, you know, just your brain is drawn to what you're aware of and what you're noticing. So it's no surprise to me that you're noticing good things all the time because you've trained yourself, like you said, to be very aware um, of them. Okay. Well, what kindness have you seen lately? What's an example of kindness that you've seen lately? Uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I see, a, I see a lot of kindness like around here. And I, you know, I, my awareness of listening and reading about, you know, being down in Florida and stuff like that is people who live around water are happier and <laughs> sunshine around here. And just, you know, just in general, and people are, people are much kinder down, down here. I think it's just because of maybe those two things. I don't know. They're just, they're like, have a blessed day. And you know, the, the people in fast food restaurant windows usually are, you know, pretty cranky and not, not everybody. I don't mean to generalize that, but I mean, or in, in a store that they're busy and they're, you know, short staffed or something, but as a rule, I have, I've, I have encountered very few um, negative emotioned people, you know, in my just interactions daily. So it's kind of seems to be, you know, maybe it's the sunshine, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just just the kindness that people, um, you know, I guess I notice it when somebody's helping somebody like out in the parking lot, or I, you know, I have made this a very common practice. I don't, I mean, I, I don't tell people about it when I do it. But if I see an elderly person in a restaurant sitting there by themselves, I'll buy their dinner. Yeah. Um, just say, hey, you know, that little, see that little lady over there. And then one day I did that and this guy had a veteran's hat on and I bought his dinner and, and then 
I went over and sat down with him and we talked, we talked for probably 15, 20 minutes and he was on his way from, um, you know, from Pensacola all the way up to Seattle by himself. And he was trying to do something. He said, this really, really made my day that you actually took the time to sit down and chat with me. I, love I didn't that. out. I just said, you know, I saw your hat and, you know, so I just little things like that, you know, but mm -hmm. I think uh, being kind to others, I notice it, you know, you've taught me to, to notice things and notice when people do something kind or or you know just kind of out of the ordinary and i i just you know from the notice network i definitely have noticed more of the kindness around so um, it feels I, it feels so good to do it i um you know it's it's funny i've been doing it for so long and and was so intentional um in the beginning you know the story is i had this list of people and i went and had all these conversations and actually noticed um, all these people with this, with the keychain, And then over time, as I've gotten further away from that, it's just become a part of my being. It's like you, it's like, I, I'm in a restaurant and I just noticed, and I, it's not as, um, monumental of a thing. It's not, okay. I noticed 300 people this month. It's not that it's just a way like breathing. It's just a way of being. And, um, I was in a, a really busy restaurant at brunch time with my girls, um, uh, earlier this week. And there was, first of all, the people who were working there were lovely and they had every reason to be grouchy. People were grouchy with them. It was just, we didn't have sunshine that day. I think that you're right about the sunshine thing. Um, no, it was just, it was a, it was a tough situation and there was too much to do for the just couple of people who were working at the hostess station. At the same time, there was a man coming through the restaurant to leave who was in a wheelchair. And one of the hostesses said, excuse me to the man she was talking to, went through the crowd and opened this man's door. Now mm. there was, it was crazy in there, chaos, so many people, there was not appropriate for me to notice her in the moment. Like I could tell it would have made it harder for her if I had tried to notice her. So we went and ate breakfast and I just said a little prayer that I would have a chance to tell her that I saw that. And as it turned out, when I went to pay our ticket, she was who helped me. And it was just her and I standing there. And I gave her a little random acts of noticing card. And I said, I just wanted to tell you that I saw you do this. And it took her just a second, but she just filled with tears in her eyes and she put her hands over her mouth and she said, really? And I said, yeah, I said, thank you for being you, you know, and it was crazy because the whole thing took less than a minute. And I did not quit thinking about her and how I want to be like her and how I want the world to, to know how amazing she is and how I hope she feels amazing and all the things. I did not quit thinking about it for days. I, I just had her in my heart and in my head. And um, I think there's so much goodness that happens in the world. Like you mentioned earlier, like something went wrong yesterday at work and and your boss and your friend was kind, were kind to you about it, was grace-filled about it. Like those things, they make us who we are and they make us know how we want to handle things in the future. I would already want to hold the door for someone who needed it, but man, it makes me want to go out of my way to do it because she set that example for me. Just like when someone's kind to me and I mess up and then it makes me want to be kind and grace-filled in the future if someone does something that inconveniences me. So- right. I love, I love the exponential ripples that happen. Um, and when we not only see goodness, but take the time to tell people 
that we've seen it. So, and I think when you notice it and you are aware, I mean, you, you tell them that you saw it, you know, people, people just want to be heard. Like when they're upset, they just want to be heard and listened to. And they just, they want to, you know, I do things and I, you know, it'd be nice. It's nice to, when people notice it, like, wow, who cleaned that closet, you know, or that, or, you know, something like, and I don't expect anybody to notice it, but when they do, it's kind of fun and nice. So like notice that young lady doing that, she probably didn't think anybody was paying attention. It was all busy and chaotic. Nobody yeah. was at that level. Yeah. No, the good she was doing. Yeah. And notice you, that good. Yeah. And when you acknowledge it, they're like, wow, somebody really did notice that. Like, yeah. that's great. That, that's, I think what, when I say noticing makes the world a better place, that's what I mean by it. Because if, if I, um, and, and we certainly see this in schools a lot through, I am noticed the, the conversation around the ability to receive it when someone notices our goodness is a whole other thing that we could talk about for a long time because it's a big piece. Um, but I, I think that ability to know that you matter mm-hmm. happens that that literally the skill set of knowing I matter here happens in part by the validation of others saying, Hey, that contribution made our space a better space. And, and though we should be able to, and our goal, I think is to be able to notice the goodness in ourselves and that whole concept of being your own best friend and your own cheerleader and all that we are here in community together and how we impact each other is going to be positive or negative. And so I love, I love all those positive impacts we get to make. And you certainly do a lot of that. Okay, I have one last question for you for this chat time. Um, yeah, I have been so inspired by your move to Pensacola and you have talked a little bit about that. Um, so anyone listening knows you've moved there, but can you tell us more about that whole experience, what that was like for you. Um, I would just love to hear your perspective and your wisdom after you've gotten settled in a little bit to this new chapter. So whatever you want to tell us about that, it inspires me. So how I got here and how is that? Or, or... What's, your, what's your heart feel led to tell us about that? So when I got, when I was here and I met all those beautiful people and in our, in our group in 2015. And, uh, you know, we've, you and I have probably stayed, you know, in contact with each other the most and it's, and I, but I've met, I met a lot of other beautiful people there for sure. Uh, and it just, it was life-changing obviously. And, and I remember taking that taxi guy that brought us all across the bridges and I'm like, Whoa, this is, amazing and wouldn't it be cool to live here someday and just kind of said that in my head and not really going home thinking I'm going to move to Pensacola someday but you know it was it it was just kind of a someday I will move south somewhere I don't know where you know somewhere I'll probably move somewhere warm and then my husband's quite quite a bit older than I am and thought, thought well maybe when you know when he's gone then you know I'll probably move somewhere but I thought well why would I wait till he's you know passed away and left me and so I asked him one day and he's like, well, I said, you want to move to Florida? And he's like, well, when yesterday? And I'm like, okay, noted. <laughs> so anyway, I just, I started, you know, thinking about it more. And then when I went to, my mother was in a memory care unit and I'd go to her window five or six days a week. And one day she just looked at me and she said, Alicia, why don't we just move to Florida? And I'm like, what? And she's like, just, just move to Florida. Can you just take me out of here? I don't know who's keeping you from me. 
somebody's not letting you come in and see me. They won't let me have dinner with you. You can't take me to our favorite thrift store. And she didn't understand what COVID and the you know shutdown was. And she's like, just, just move to Florida. You and, and your brother and I, we, we would just be fine down there. It's nice and warm and the sun's shining. And I said, you know, someday, Mama, I might do that. So that was always in my head. And, and so when I asked my husband this, it was really, really, I, when my mother passed away, the night she passed away, I went to her and she was laying on her side and I put my arms around her on, I was on her back and, you know, our backside and I put my arms around her. I whispered in her ear and I said, Mama, I said, it's, you know, it's time to fly with the angels and, you know, I'm going to miss you, but you can't leave yet until I tell you that I have to have you you have to be around me and show me signs you're with me all the time because I'm 59 and I've never lived without you. And I just can't imagine living life without you. So please, you've got to be my angel and you've got to direct me. and You've got to show me things that uh, give me guidance. And I said, you and God up there, are just got to do it. And an hour and 20 minutes later, she passed away. Mm-hmm. And every step, every single step I tell the people that hired me they're like I still can't believe you're here and my brother said I still can't believe you checked off every box that you checked off to get here he's I don't know how you did it and everything that happened with this move was just unexplainable except for it had to be my angel mother guiding me and just it was I said to my husband if there's ever a time where I felt there was a calling that I was called to a place this is it. I, I, people here would say, you moved down here for, you know, for this, you know, I'm like, yeah, it's, yeah, I did. (laughs) So I'm, I'm here and let's, let's go, let's figure it out, you know, so everything that my mother has guided me, there's no reason I should have the house I have because the people during a crazy market, the guy said, I'm not even going to put it on the market. I'm just going to accept your offer. It was way below what we thought we'd have to pay so there were just so many, many things that happened that I think were just really angel driven by my mother and God given and God directed by, for me to follow. And, and I just, I just believed in it. And I took, I, you know, I had the courage to do it. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't take, I don't look at me that say, oh yeah, I did that or whatever. I just say, I, I, I had to do it. Because I, I, I know that you're humble and I know that you say you didn't, you didn't do that. But at the same time, I do think there are people who kind of look at, at some people who kind of everything falls in line for and says like, oh, but that person's just lucky or that person just, there's a magic about them. And I, um, I do think that you're lucky and I do think there's a magic about you. And I do think that you're blessed because you have lived intentionally the way I've known you to live for the last five years. So your, your ability to be intentional about your thinking, um, about your courage, about your humility, about all the things that make you who you are. Um, I, I do think that it looks a little bit from the outside looking in like a magic wand, but then if you start to dissect it, I can see the intentionality of your life making so much sense to the fact that you're in this space where you feel so spiritual and so guided and can enjoy the sunshine and the life that you have good, bad, all the, all the parts and pieces. Like there's no part of me that's trying to whitewash that, but it makes sense to me that your intentionality would lead you to the place where you are today. 
Yeah, I, I, I just feel like it's, it's, it was a pull, you know, like I, I know my I go pastor and, you know, they, they say, you know, I have a calling yeah. and I virtually, I just, I, I don't, I, like I said, I don't know why I'm here, but I'll, it, it, it's unfolded a little bit and I'm sure it will unfold more as I go along, you know, why I'm here, but I've never felt so more as, as content as I, I've never felt discontent. So mm-hmm. I know supposed to be. And I had the courage and I just said, you know, I, cause it was funny. Cause in the, in the process, like when I, I'm like deciding and I haven't really told anybody, but I'm like, I told my husband, so if I call our real estate agent and I put our house on the market, it's kind of like that no turn back kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so you, re- you really, you really want to do this now, honey? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, okay, let's but made the call, you know, and like, all right, come on over and we're going to put our house on the market. And it was one of those, there's a point of no return. And you just, but you know, it's like this big jump and it's an okay jump, but it, you know, there wasn't moments when I wasn't scared and I was not overwhelmed because you know that I can come to Florida, but life is still life. Right. And there's still bad days. And, and it's just, you know, you, you still have stuff that you have challenges that you have in life, but, but you firmly believe that everything that I went through everything I've gone through in the last two or three years with my mother and her dementia and just the the suffering she went through. And, you know, I was tired and I was worn out, but I said, it's not, I'm not fighting the real battle here. Mm -hmm. She battle because she doesn't even, you know, cognitively know like with the shutdown and stuff. So uh, it's not, it, it, I had the easy job of going to her window five, six days a week. So she taught me that, that, that humility she's always taught me that and she's taught me to give back to others and i will do that till the day i take my last breath and that's that dash in between you know you've got yeah. a, your first breath alone and you're going to take your last breath alone but by golly that dash in between i'm going to make a difference and i just have to learn how to every day it challenges me life gets you know but you my positive self talk has definitely definitely got me through some really really hard times and challenging times in life and for that if you ask me what I'm incredibly grateful for that is that is it I there's I I remember going to my nurse practitioner Ohio and I said okay so this has happened this I, I gave her five things and they were big life things like the place that I moved to in Ohio they closed their doors um, my mother is moving. I moved my mom twice or whatever. We, we moved from one house to another. We, all these big life things. And she's like, well, you know, if you went through one of those, that'd be a lot. And you went through like five of them. Like, okay, you're, you I don't know how you did that. But, and so every time I, you know, I hear somebody say that, that, wow, you've done all of that. And I don't even know how you did it. I've done it with some courage. I've done it with a good support system. And I've done it with really believing in myself and true to my, my goals and my values in life, but self-talk, positive self-talk and just training myself to be strong and, and be, you know, persevere and all those things that would get us through those trials. That's, that's definitely been a life changer for me. There's, I love that you brought us back to the beginning of the conversation when you talked about that really authentic, profound moment where you were realizing the dash, the importance of the dash. And um, I just want you, as we wrap up today, I just, I really, really, there's, there's just so much gratitude I have for you. And I want you to know how much I've noticed 
all the little things and the big impact that you've had on so many people because of how you're using your dash. And you haven't even, you know, it's like, I feel like you haven't even come close to how that dash is going to end because every single time I talk to you, you have good new ideas about what's coming up next for how you can impact um, your life and the lives of everyone around you in a positive way. So I just look forward to continuing to watch your life unfold. And I thank you for letting me share in your dash and for sharing with us today. Um, what you've learned along the way and, and how you see things, because I know it, it, it's such a good perspective and I appreciate it so, so much. So thank you for being you. Well, I, I do want to, you know, I think I told you, my mother has taught me so many good values and that, that dash we have, we have choices, you know, Chad wrote a book on, Chad wrote a book on choices and we can make a choice to make that dash a very positive one. And I, I just have, I've made that choice. I've made that choice to do all I can to, to be the best version of myself that I could possibly be for others so that they can be better themselves at the end of the day or the end of the week or the end of the year or whatever. Well, I am grateful for that. And I know so many others are too. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. For allowing me to be on, on your podcast today. I'm, I'm honored to, to share and and I love spending time with you. Thank you. Okay, we're gonna, we'll like put um, uh, all of Leisha's like information in the notes, but for now, I'm gonna say goodbye, Leisha Larson. Thanks for joining us. It's been fun to notice with you. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Noticing With is brought to you by the Notice Network. Our mission is to help people notice the goodness in themselves and others, and we hope you always feel welcome in our space. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Notice Network, and we hope you'll visit us online to check out our blog and online store at thenoticenetwork.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you're looking as forward to the next one as I am. Until then, I hope you feel seen, I hope you feel heard, you know you matter, and that you can share that goodness with the people in your life.